I'm talking to you, sassy girl. Need a little ah in your step? Try this on for size. It's pop. It tastes great. It makes you feel kind of funny. Not here, not down there, but all up in this area. Talking pop. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about What's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out The thing you got to realize what we're doing is not a trend We got the gift of melody, we're gonna bring it till the end, come on now Hi, welcome to Talkin' Pop My name is Jennifer Smith, I'm here with the commode to my toilet Okay, Paul, how you doing? Oh, oh wow well, uh, I'm doing pretty good, and we have what might be considered a night off because um, we have a frequent uh, broadcast partner of the two of us as our guest tonight. You could consider this episode uh, maybe a, an auxiliary edition of, of PTB's NXT, mm-hmm. um, the, the poop knife to our commode and chain, that's, that's Jacob Williams. What's up, guy? Yeah, it's uh, it's not um, weird that we would be doing a pod together. I don't know if I jumped in too early here, but I figured no. I would. I really want to ask what a poop knife was. Cause I, I yeah, don't well, know what I want to ask you where you keep your poop knife. That's sort of my first question. I'm not sure if I have yeah. one. Knife is right. Yeah, I know exactly what a poop knife is. Yeah, well, it became famous in a, in a telling on. Like Reddit or something like that. You know how those some of those posts go viral about just mm-hmm. some of the most ridiculous things. It's like somebody who grew up in a household where um, they they had what was considered a well, literally a poop knife sitting next to the toilet, the commode, if you will, to um, to to scrape and chop up the big <laughs> chunks of poop uh, so yep. that it would get down. The uh, the old commode easier, mm-hmm. and apparently this person lived a, a somewhat, um, l- let's say sheltered or, or insulated mm-hmm. existence, and, and thought that this was a common fixture of like all homes, <laughs> but just you know wasn't really talked about. You know those things that are just not talked about, but everybody does it or everybody has it. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow or another, like she, this was like in her early adulthood in college or something, uh, was either at someone's house or the topic came up and it was like, where do you keep your poop knife? <laughs> and the person's, of course, their their response is, what in the fucking hell is a poop knife? <laughs> and she had to learn that her upbringing was very irregular. <laughs> Perhaps I mean, at least one. What kind of knife are we talking here? Is this like a butter knife? Is it like a, a paring knife? Is it bigger, like a, a chef's knife, a butcher knife? I'm picturing it more like a, um, you know those like old-fashioned letter openers where it's like a, right. it is a knife, but it's not really sharp necessarily. It's just sort of long. And, that's a uh, handle on it. Dirty. Yeah. And I guess it de- depends on your poops too, I guess. Like depends on, right. you know, if you're cutting a ham, you're going to want <laughs> something bigger. Yeah, well, you know, you can't carve a ham with it. I don't think you can carve a ham with this. It's not right. that sharp. It's and like more how fancy if you're like an affluent yeah. person, do you have like a William Sonoma poop knife? <laughs> uh huh. Kind of uh-huh. thing. I, right. I wonder if it should um maybe it should match like if you have a fireplace, um mm. all all the fancy implements for, for your fireplace. Um it should. Yeah. just it's you know, stored in your bathroom. 
All right, so, I mean. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Right. Uh, I have never had, like, a designated poop knife, but uh-huh. I can say that my child who um, grew up with some stomach issues uh, would frequently clog the toilet, and uh, I have used a plastic butter knife as a poop knife. <laughs> really? Yes. I guess I'm not seeing where the night, like where a plunger is not going to work. I guess, and I'm not saying the situation doesn't exist. Right. I just feel like, like for me, even if you know, <laughs> I'm producing a large sample, I'm just <laughs> going to take my life. Like if I feel like there's the odds are it might clog, I'm just like have have my hand on the plunger ready to go. Right. And I feel like the plunger is usually going to like you know jostle things around enough to where. It'll it can make its way <laughs> down south. Mm. Yeah, well, I I don't know if I've ever clogged a pure a toilet purely with fecal matter, right? Um, but you have to understand, I have learned over time. I mean, experience is is the best teacher, um, which we'll get into more of that, I'm sure. But um, I have become a strategic flusher, and that's right. Mm, when I feel like, okay, this, this could turn into a problem. Um, I'm going to go ahead and flush mm-hmm. once just to, just to kind of reset. Right. We're going to start over here and come what may after that, uh, it, it may turn into three, four flushes. Um, but I, I'm not ashamed to, to be a four flushing son of a bitch. No, I feel like it solves problems. I'm, I'm with you on the multiple flushes. Yeah. Like, cause mm. if you feel iffy about anything, like if you're in an unfamiliar place and you don't know and you do the test flush. Oh, my goodness. They're right. like, okay, let me see, get the lay of the land, and then you can plan future flushes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good approach, too. Right. Just the imagery flowing through my head right now with Pete Knife. <laughs> I imagine like yeah, a, a charcuterie exactly board, but yes. it's like poop on it. Yes. Yes. It is so what you're nice. saying, fucking gross. Uh, so what you're saying, Jenny, is there's been a time or two where you wish you had a poop knife. Well, uh, a, a actual poop, not just a a um, a, ni- a regular knife that you fashioned into a poop knife, but a, well, a dedicated poop knife. My problem with the poop knife is that it implies that you have to clean it, maybe, or you. Mm-hmm. Or you do absolutely do not clean it, and then in both cases, I don't want anything to do with the cleaning yeah. or the uncleaning of the poop knife. Right. So I feel like the plastic, and that's see, I had these thoughts when I was trying to solve the problem at the time. So my rationale for that was I can just throw this little knife away. Uh, yeah, yeah. The flip side of that is that. It will also depend on the size of the sample because, just depending, it might not be sufficient. Right. Which, luckily, I never had that issue. Um, but it definitely does solve a problem because I know that things would have went bad if um, my child continued to try to fucking flush the toilet um, mm. and flood the bathroom. So. Oh. The worst. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as seen on TV. (laughs) As seen on TV. And 
the, the idea of just putting the poop knife back up on the wall. Yeah. Is <laughs> That's pretty, what, on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, like a sword. Yeah. That uh, was sword options on the. Yeah. No. I, I I imagine it has a a hook in there. It just Butcher hangs. Block. No. Uh huh. And then the the poop water um drips off Drip? of it down the wall no. and and builds up over time. Mm-hmm. And you just got this brown stain on your wall. I feel like well, you turn a, a small over. problem. Into, yeah, it's a very fitting way I think for my episode to start with a fifteen minute so. conversation on a poop knife. Well, yeah. uh, let's see. The name generator says that your name is uh, uh, Poop Knife Williams. So mm. that's yeah. convenient. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what's, um, that's what our parents were thinking at the time. <laughs> I bet. Back in the year of our Lord, 1990. <laughs> so, um,. You know, we did ask you if, if any questions were off limits, as we do with all of our guests um, mm-hmm. before this interview, right before this interview, in fact. And right. um, you said no, absolutely nothing uh, was mm-hmm. off limits. Right. Um, right. So, so I would Except like to ask. Knives, oddly, and we already fucked that up. So. We already messed that. Yep. So Sorry. we've yeah. already blown it. Um, so I would like to ask a culturally insensitive question um, sure. to, to start off the interview proper. Um, right. Why Why don't you sound like an Acadian person? <laughs> you know, it's. I really don't person. know. Can you use those terms interchangeably? That's a follow up question. Um, I never, I've never heard it called Acadian. Like I've always heard mm-hmm. it as Acadian would be like a region, like Acadiana. Okay. But the 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 accent or the the way of speaking, I've always heard called um, Cajun. Or, okay. I never heard it. Uh, like I don't feel like anybody around here would would say that. Mm-hmm. Only people yeah, not I, from the state use that. Right, right. You know, like I'm trying to think of an example of some regional thing where people are like, "Oh yeah," like people say that, and they don't really mm-hmm. say it in the place. Um, yeah, I don't know because I, I grew up around it, and it's weird because I do think I've been to places where they do think. That I talk differently, but I don't know if that's just like being from the South in general. Like if you go anywhere like mm-hmm. to the West mm-hmm. Coast or something, people just think generally if you're from the South, you sound weird. I don't know. I don't know why it is. I, I'm, now, my family doesn't really have the strongest. It's more like like my direct family that I grew up like in my household doesn't have the strongest. My dad kind of does, but it's not the heaviest. It's more <laughs> kind of a weird mumbly kind of Cajun. <laughs> Thing yeah. like he's not, but um, uh, places around and people I've been around have I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's hard to like. It is weird. It would be like a British person having a British accent or some, you know, like that. It would yeah. be kind of yeah. It would throw you off. I don't know. I, I just never. I don't know. Maybe if it was when I was growing up too, maybe I was subconsciously trying to make myself not have it because I was. Oh, see, that's what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me because. You mm-hmm. kind of slip in and out of it, and, like, you can turn it right. on, you know, and, like, for jokes and stuff, <laughs> and then, like, because I feel like mm-hmm. you've trained yourself out of it a little bit. It's possible. I don't think I've ever consciously done it, but it certainly could be, like, subconscious that I, mm. you know, I think, like, people who have heavy southern accents kind of, because I, I do think that people get kind of shamed for it sometimes, yeah. honestly. Like, yeah. like, southern accents and stuff, it's, you know... 
Like, uh, I know all of us, we are notoriously, I think, in our little podcast community here, we are kind of all known as maybe speaking a little slower than some of our <laughs> northern um, compatriots. <laughs> right? Yes. And so, uh, hence our, so our podcast. <laughs> hence our podcast right. being like three hours. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, it could it could have been that. But I think it's just – yeah, I, I think it's like any accent. Like even people who have it heavy, they can slip into it. I can tell you, like when I worked in places where people I worked with all had really heavy accents like that, because I have worked um, in places where everybody spoke like that. It it it's one of those things where when you're around it, you can kind of slip into it more, whether you realize it or not, just because it's like a well, what in oh, Rome? Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do. Find it like mm-hmm. comes out more when you're around your own kind. I, I think yeah. um, I can relate to that for sure. And it's just like, I guess I'm so familiar with it that I just know, like I know all the little, I've just been around it so much. Like so many people, like in my family and people I've known throughout my life, went to school with, it's just been around me for so long that I'm just like, I just know all the little, um, I don't know, like all the little idiosyncrasies, mm-hmm. I guess, of how people speak. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'd be more interesting. I feel like I'm kind of um, like it's always weird because my my last name is Williams, but which doesn't obviously doesn't sound Cajun. It's like the most generic name ever. <laughs> it's like right. I was gonna say Smith, but sorry, <laughs> sorry, assholes. Like, like cable. Williams and Smith. Like, but um, <laughs> it's a weird thing because I have my mom's last name because my parents um, they they never got <laughs> officially married. Oh, for really? Reason. Yeah, so they, like, my parents are very, like, I would say they're, like, hippies, but not, like, not, like, California hippies. They're more, like, um, <laughs> like, Southern, Asian like, Willie hippies? Nelson hippies. Yeah, like a Willie Nelson kind of hippie, where they don't really care about, like, any kind of social issues or things like that. But they're, like, kind of potheads, and, like, I would always ask them as I got older, why didn't y'all get married? And they're, like, uh, they just never really had an answer. They were, like, I don't know. We were together well, long enough. I mean... And it's like, y'all didn't want to do it just to, like, make things easier, like, filing your taxes on. They're like, no, nah, no, it's okay. And we so, don't take taxes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, <laughs> taxes. Yeah, like, real off the grid. Like, it's so casual, but they're just like, whatever. I mean, we just didn't get married. And eventually you're just kind of like, well, whatever. I guess yeah. That's just the way it is. But my, um, if my parents would have been married, my last name would be LaBeouf, which is a oh, very. Oh, my God. Right. Oh man. You shouldn't have told us that. <laughs> now I'm disappointed. Yeah. Right. So if you would see that, you'd be like, Oh, this fucking guy yeah. is you know, he's from the swamp. But because they have Williams, it's kinda it's more low key. Fucking gambit of the That's X-Men. where your accent went. That's it. Right. That's it's like yeah, if I would have had the name. It just took it away. <laughs> right. I was like, Well, I guess Williams I can't if I was buff, I'd be like, Oh, see we'll play. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so like, so my dad's side is extremely like French and Cajun. Like my dad, when he was a kid, his first language was French. Like my grandpa's name was Pierre. Like just oh wow, like really on the nose French. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre Lebeau. Like almost like a like a yeah like a caricature exactly like like Pepe Le Pew. Right, exactly. So I think if I would be, you know. Jake LaBeouf, then 
like you'd be expecting a little more. And, you know, so I think people don't always expect, um, because I don't have the heavy accent and I don't have the name. It doesn't always, you know, it maybe flies under the radar. I would agree with that, yeah. See, and it's funny because I, I know you're a teacher, and uh, mm-hmm. I just imagine, like, all these little kids, like, with these Cajun accents. <laughs> well, that's real. No, but honestly, that's, like, um, not so much where I work now, but when I first started, like, my first job was, like, I mean, kind of as far. <laughs> it's funny because I say these terms, like, and they're so common to me, but to y'all, like, there's a very common term called down the bayou <laughs> where you live um, around here. And it's kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, down the bayou. It's like the further you go down, mm-hmm. the more kind of entrenched in the uh, the, the Cajun culture you are. Mm-hmm. And so my first job was, like, extremely far um, down the bayou, if you will, to the point where, like, where I'm from originally, like, to me, they were like, like I was from up the bayou. <laughs> up the bayou. <laughs> right, right. They was from up the bayou. So like I was almost like a uh, like a city boy, you know, because I wasn't from as far down as them. So they kind of, yeah. Like I was from the the big town that had like a movie theater and shit, you know, mm-hmm. and and like a, a Walmart and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, where I first worked, it really was like that. Like even where the kids were all super Cajun and had accents, and you know, like. I had students who, like, <laughs> this sounds like I'm making this up, like, where, like, would miss a week of school to go work on a shrimp boat and, like, come back to school. And, nice. he, and Yeah, and he was, like, um, this kid, he, like, couldn't, he couldn't read. He didn't give a single shit about school. He's a nice kid, though. Like, it was just one of these things where it's, like, this kid is not worried about school. He's going to work on a damn boat. He's going to make his money. Mm-hmm. He's going to live his life. And so he would go. He'd miss school for, like, a week and come back. And then he would, you know, flaunt all his money he made on the boat to all these kids because he's, like, 13. And so he comes back um, from the shrimp boat. And he's, like, flush with cash because he would make, like, you know, whatever, $600 into, like, seventh graders. That's, like, insane. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so he'd be like, look at me. I'm loaded. And so all these kids are thinking, like, well, what the fuck are we doing in school? This guy is, right? like. <laughs> I got it figured out. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was it was that kind of thing. It was that's where I first started. Now I'm kind of in a different area where it's not quite as like I think now I'm more of the the like I'm the maybe the Bayou guy. And maybe if it's not obvious, but mm. I, like you said, I think it slips out sometimes when people kind of catch on to it. But, yeah, that's kind of where I started teaching was um, down the Bayou, the Bayou. It is funny how these. um geographic features become kind of uh class dividing lines yeah. um yeah. speaking as someone who you know is in central virginia we i mean we've got a, a river that cuts like straight through the city and so i mean you will have people especially like old money people will, will literally ask you like well what side of the river are you from and it's what they're really asking is like what kind of person <laughs> are you <laughs> like uh, how should i judge you and sometimes, um, depending on the situation, you have to kind of use context clues, and you might um, lie to them just mm-hmm. <laughs> to make your life a little easier. Which side uh, should you be on, Tim? Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I am—I can tell you, I'm on the wrong side of the river. Oh, of course. Um, so yeah, there, there's. <laughs> of course. I went to a. Um, I think I've told the story before. I went to a. Uh, an art show with my grandma many, many years ago, because she was an artist. And um, 
she uh, wanted to go to this this gallery that was doing a showing. So I was like, all right, I'll drive you up there. And um, it was uh, on the other side of the river, as many things are, kind of the bougie West End side of town. And um, she got to chit-chatting with uh, some of the other old ladies. And um, one of the first questions was, well, which side of the river are you from? And, and without <laughs> missing a beat, my grandmother just looked at her and goes, why this side, of course. <laughs> just total, like, Blanche, Blanche Devereaux kind of. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, this is not the Deep South. You know, like, we're yeah. right on pretty mm-hmm. much Mason-Dixon line, and mm-hmm. still you get that kind of stuff. So The Yankee South. I get it. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, that's some purists um, way down. I would, mm-hmm. you know, Virginia, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, you know, they they question your credentials. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so what I'm hearing, uh, Jacob, is that you grew up in fabulous wealth and luxury. Um, <laughs> and I want to know what that's. <laughs> yeah, um, not so much. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I, I grew up, um, so I... When I was first brought into this wonderful world, I lived in a trailer, which yeah. um, is an interesting experience. I mean, as a kid, I didn't think much of it, but it was very much like like my earliest memories is my dad being like um, like that he was gonna like he was building a house on the same lot where we had the trailer, and so it was like he was building okay. the house behind the trailer, and it was a big thing. He's like, when the house is finished, we're gonna move like. He was very much into like we're getting out of this fucking trailer, mm-hmm. like, uh, like it was like a goal of his that he was mm-hmm. not content with this family living in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. Um, I did grow up in a trailer. It was small. It was <laughs> kind of shitty. It yep. was had like the uh, the tin. I mean, we're not talking like double wides here, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. Um, yeah. that kind of thing. I um, tin roof. Yep. Right. Yep, yep. Right. Jacob, I think On that. The, Mm-hmm. We, I think, probably out of all my friends, we have probably this most similar um, upbringing. Because I had the exact same setup. Like, we were building a house across the street. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. and it took forever. Because <laughs> we were building it <laughs> ourselves. And, yep. you know, lived in that trailer the whole time. And, yeah. So, relatable, for sure. Right, like I had an older sister, and we had to like when we lived in the trailer, we shared a bedroom. We had like yes. a bunk bed, and I yes. slept. I, I slept on top, and I would constantly like roll off. <laughs> so I'd wake up at like <laughs> two a.m. Hot. on the floor, on the floor, and I would get up and be like, "Oh my god, I rolled off!" It was even like, um, you know, it wasn't one of these fancy bunk beds with the safety thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the little bars like so you don't roll off. <laughs> right. So I'd roll off and wake up and like. You know, it was like this thing. I like my dad, like, look what, because like the house we were building was, you know, it was not a mansion or anything. Right. But he's like, look, when we, when we move into the house, you can have your own room. It's like, oh <laughs> shit, my own room. Which, like, imagine yeah. that. That's a huge upgrade but, based on your experience. Right. And so yeah, um, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. Like to have yeah. my own room, and like my parents like we'll let you pick what color you're gonna paint it. But it was, like, so slow going because it was mm-hmm. because we were building. My dad was kind of building it pretty much between, like, work. Like, on the weekends and the evenings, he would, like, work on it constantly. It wasn't like, you know, you're getting the house built by contractors. And it's like, oh, well, the house will be done in three months. It was, like, took you yeah. years and years. Right. And, like, you just slowly see the house, like, 
come up and we're just like, I think we moved into it when I was about like eight or nine, like when I was probably late elementary school. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was a big deal. Um, wow. Yeah, we, that's but, impressive. Um, I mean, it really, you know, I mean, that's an experience that I don't think many people have themselves or, or can necessarily relate to because it's like you figure how talented somebody has to be to just straight up right. build a house. Like, it's easy to joke about like, oh, my dad's fucking building a house. And it's taking right. literally 10 years, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're one person and you built a house. That, I don't care how long that takes. That's pretty damn impressive if, if you can actually do it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't build a fucking shed, you know, there's, right. <laughs> I, I could spend my entire life trying to build a garage and it would never happen. You know, mm-hmm. something that doesn't even need any real um, shelter reinforcement utilities. Like there's no way. Right. <laughs> he's building an entire house. So yeah, it's like the Cajun, Cajun ingenuity. Like, I don't <laughs> think my dad would, I like, I don't think it would, not even just a money thing. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think it was really in my dad's radar. Like, <laughs> like real estate agents and stuff like that. It was just like, yeah. Like my like my grandpa had the piece of land across the street. He gave it to my dad, and my dad's like, "Okay, I'm going to build a house there." Like I'm it's a very yep. like a real old way of thinking. Like even though I mean, like an old like yeah, old, old, thinking old or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean it was the exact same. And like my grandpa was um, a carpenter, and he built houses, you know, before he retired. So um, we were lucky that he knew what he was doing. But mm-hmm. like. It was in like um they used to have cows out there, so it was like in the pasture, uh, across the street from the trailer and um my cousin set fire to the pasture one time af- like right after we had poured the foundation for the house. So everybody was freaking out. Not really because of the pasture fire, but because mm-hmm. we finally <laughs> poured the foundation on the house and like we were about to start putting up the walls. So, um, oh, yeah, it was like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, it took forever. It was um, it was just like a big old tease sitting there just like, mm. you know, but all the family, like my uncles and stuff would go and, like, you know, do this and do mm-hmm. that. And let's put up some walls today and let's put up some sheetrock yeah. today. And, <laughs> right. Exactly. It was like yeah. the same thing. Like, because I have, like, a shit ton of uncles. Like, I have, like, yeah. six uncles and two it was like a, a, a Catholic family, so like they had, you know, my grandparents had like eight kids or whatever, because you know, natural birth control and whatnot. Right. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it was the same thing. Like my uncles would come on the weekends, and I guess just the way like my dad grew up, he just he was forced to do all that stuff as a kid. Like he just had to help, so he kind of knew a, like a little bit about all this like mm-hmm. you know he kind of knew the basics of like how you frame a house and how you pour semen he just kind of i guess it was just the way he was brought up but and um yeah it's like my dad worked my mom didn't work which seems like a you know it's not as common i think nowadays it's not like this was you know 50 years ago or something but right um in my but um like i, I would describe it as like I, I wouldn't say we were like poor poor i know people don't I don't know if poor is like um politically correct anymore. I don't know. Um, we were I think we would be called working class. We were like Roseanne basically. There you was go. like our yeah. there you go. Right. Where it's yeah. like I never thought I wasn't gonna eat, but like 
we didn't, we didn't have no extras, put it that way. <laughs> it was, you know, like there was no, like, we didn't go on vacations really. We didn't do anything more than like the essentials. Like we had food. I never, like, I never thought I wasn't going to have food or clothes or anything, but mm-hmm. there wasn't too much. Like you get some stuff for Christmas and your birthday, but not a whole lot in between that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. like, you always yeah. felt like you were one, like, one thing going bad could, like, ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like, the car like, breaks down, or the air conditioner right. goes out, or something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. You would have to do without for a while yeah. sometimes yeah. If, if something happened. Right. And you probably didn't have um, name brand items, like, from oh, the grocery no. store. <laughs> oh, no. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not a uh, name brand poop knife. <laughs> no, no name brand Putin. Yeah. Very, very uh, great value Putin knife. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have. If, if we did have fancy stuff, it was like the ones my dad liked. Like, if my dad was like, "No, we uh, have to have this, the good kind." Like, we had to have yeah. Coke. You know, yeah. like yeah. you had to like pick and choose your name brands. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, you know, right? I can live with that. Treat yourself, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we um, I, I live primarily with my mom growing up. Um, it's not like my my dad wasn't in the picture, but they were divorced um, way way like when I was two years old. I don't remember them being together or anything. So you know, it was like the every other weekend thing with my dad and living uh, with my mom. And you know, she was and this is you know late eighties, early nineties. She was. Uh, a secretary, um, not making a whole lot. So we lived in a lot of apartments. We moved a lot. Um, ultimately did move in this, this little tiny house, um, that, uh, um, my mom, uh, I mean, had a realtor and it was a new construction, but it wasn't like, um, family land or anything. We, mm-hmm. we bought in a neighborhood and, Moved into that house, which wasn't much bigger than our apartment, but still is better than an apartment. And um, it was, you know, pretty similar. Not having again any any kind of name brand items, um, mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck. If something broke, uh, you just you kind of had to deal with it for a while. Um, and you know, my my dad was definitely going to make sure I didn't do without. Um, and up until uh see while he was still working at the uh, cigarette plant um he was in pretty good shape financially but he got mm-hmm. laid off in like 1993 so he even struggled a bit after that um mm-hmm. so yeah it was definitely a while before i felt like um i had a sense of just sort of financial security you know, even as a child and young adult where it was like, oh, okay, we're really not going to like lose the roof over our heads mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it definitely gives you sort of a different perspective. Even, you know, later in life where you're not super worried about money, you still in the back of your mind have certain habits, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think that always sort of sticks with you. Jacob, right. do you I ever tell th- uh, stories mm-hmm. to your son about um, how poor he used to be and how good he has been? And, 
Uh, an ungrateful brat. No, I'm just kidding. He's not, not, not that you not, would be not like not like full on stories, but I do throw in comments <laughs> like here and there. Mostly yeah. like it's kind of to amuse myself. <laughs> right. Like uh, <laughs> you know, because I try not to be like um, you know, and it, it, it's not like I'm rich or anything for sure. I mean, I'm financially stable, but I also don't want to be like, yeah, look at you with your uh, <laughs> you know. It's like it's not like he has extravagant things. Yeah, look at you and your middle class uh, life. Yeah, it's, like, it's not like he's living the high life or anything. I mean, he's got it pretty good, but you know, it's just because he's not like worried his family's going to go into financial ruin on a week to week basis. It's like I don't know if that means he's like living with a silver spoon. But, well, well, I mean, about the, perspective like, is everything. Yeah. Right. But um, it's funny you said the thing about, I mean, not funny, but uh, getting laid off because there was, like, that happened. Like, I remember I was, oh, like, yeah. in fourth grade, so this would be, like, late 90s, and my dad, um, so the main thing he's done is, like, um, again, very Cajun job. He worked in, like, a shipyard, like, building boats, so, of okay. course, the water, cool. that kind of yeah. thing. But um, he, uh, so he got laid off, and he was my dad built cigarettes. out of <laughs> <laughs> The great Bruce Springsteen song. I mean, literally, he made cigarette, yeah, he cigarette plant. Literally manufactured the, the plugs, yeah, the filters on right. so. That my mom smoked. There we go. The circle oh of life. Oh, my God. Excellent, yes. excellent. My mom could have been smoking the very same cigarettes that Tim's dad yeah. made. Well, my mom smoked, too, at the time. Um, she quit later, but she, she was a heavy smoker when uh, I was growing up. I mean, my whole family was, really. Except my dad, ironically enough. So many people in my life smoked in my childhood that it was, like, weird when I saw it. Like, I would meet people, like, my friends, moms and dads, are like, wait, they don't smoke? Like, <laughs> Yeah. What the hell's going on? Same. Like, this is weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like in the 90s, like, 80s, 90s and stuff, it would be, like, the equivalent if, like, somebody's parents were vegan now or something. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, okay. Health, health nuts, huh? <laughs> Like, don't even oh, smoke. you love yourself, huh? Right. God, so worried about your health. Don't even smoke. <laughs> well, yeah, how my stigmatized dad, smoking right. is today. Like, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, people still do it, but it's sort of like, oh, God, they're smokers. Can you believe? It's like, <laughs> it's such a oh, for sure. <laughs> accepted thing to sort of, like, ostracize people for. <laughs> it is, what a successful, like, um. I don't know, re-education campaign that we went through in the 90s and early 2000s with all the, um, well, with all the lung cancer, for one thing. But well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> do it. But, I mean, just all the, the counter-programming about, you know, the uh, you know, even the, the cigarette manufacturers are having to put out their own anti-smoking commercials. It's like, <laughs> um. It's kind of wild, yeah. That that was a mm-hmm. thing. So and now it's just like pivoted to vaping. Now it's like all the mm-hmm. same thing. It's like it's yep. circle of life restarted. Now it's all just vaping. Mm-hmm. You know, vaping was like a safer alternative. But it's like uh, I don't know. It might be putting like crystals in your lungs or something. Who knows? <laughs> it's like, yep. Everyone's just, everyone's just like whatever. Um, yeah, jury's still out on it. We'll uh, we'll whatever. take on vaping twenty years. Whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my dad was out of work for, like, a good – it was, like, a year or so. And I remember that being, like, 
But I used, I would like wonder. I was like, how are we surviving right now? Because I was like old enough. I was like ten or something, and I was like, how are we? Like, mom doesn't work. Dad's out of work for a while now. And like, I knew unemployment mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff was something, but I knew it wasn't much. And I was just constantly trying to think. Like, I mean, I would see if it was like a couple months, but he's out of work for like I think it was over a year. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, I know we don't have the savings. To- <laughs> It's not the savings. And, like, I'm pretty sure he was selling dope. I think it was like, oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure. I feel like later on, my mom kind of told me, like, low key was just like, well, I mean, we sold a little bit of weed or whatever. We, you know, we do what we had to do. It was kind of how she said it. Wow. Like, Wonder what else but, they had to do. But, <laughs> it's like a breaking bad situation. Right. Right. Well, see, but when I say that, it's not like, you know, it makes it seem like they were like on the, it's like, no, they just sold weed to like their pothead friends, you know? Like, <laughs> right. It still doesn't seem like, sustainable necessarily. Right. But it was, um, I guess it supplemented, right. you know, enough to, to um, put food on the table, I guess, and make sure I got some PlayStation games for Christmas. So that's you, all that matters. You do what you got to do. Yeah. Right. right. Right, well, right. just think of the things she didn't tell you. I mean, like Jenny mm. said, really, it, right, it's right. like they became the the meth kingpins of the bayou, and uh, you know, eventually got out of that line of work. Um, Probably missed that business. by by about five years. Like meth hadn't fully taken off yet. Wow, it would have been like a decade later. Yeah, we could have been like living living the high life. Mm-hmm. Could have had a Fuck yeah. <laughs> could have had a houseboat us. <laughs> a yacht. Cruising up and I'm down kind of fascinated by houseboats. Me too. I love houseboats. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I could do it myself, but it's. I don't yeah. know either, but it's a cool idea. Yeah, you know, it's. I don't know. It, it kind of freaks me out. Maybe the movie Cape Fear has kind of ruined it for uh, me too. Yeah, perhaps. You know, if a psychopath comes after you and. That sort of thing. But there were a ton. I mean, I feel like where I grew up, everyone had a boat. Maybe not like a houseboat, but some type of boat. Mm-hmm. Like either functioning or non-functioning, like in their yard, I guess, because mm-hmm. boats are a big part of the uh, the bioculture, you see. Right. Yes. And it, so I, my boat. 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 I died on my houseboat. Boat. <laughs> I drowned in my houseboat. In my home. Boat. <laughs> shrimp boat, shrimp boat. I, so these little country kids on their shrimp boats—they just sound like little mini Cajuns running around, like that. Yeah, behind. I mean, pretty much. Well, here's the thing too: is that a lot of the thing is too is like I would even have like these um, kind of like preppy cheerleader girls, and they had like like everybody does. It's not like you know, it's not like everybody's like the water boy or something, you know, like. <laughs> It's just like all sure? your, it's like, it's like all your kind of normal, like, you know, adolescent kid groups, like your, you know, your kids who are really into video games, your kind of preppy cheerleader girls, your, you know, little athlete boys and all that, but they all have that accent. And that's the thing. It's like, it's not just, you know, it's not just like the little Cajun boys who like to go stripping on the weekends or whatever. It's like everybody. It's just like the, you know, it's just the way everyone speaks. It's, yeah, that's it's a good just point. like ubiquitous. Yeah, 
right? So it's, yeah, it's, it, and you just get like used to it. And there's, my favorite thing about it is all the little like, um, like little words and stuff that mean different things. It's almost like a little code language. Like, and I learned even, I mean, I knew some from just growing up, but when I worked there, it was like really like my coworkers would always have these different words. Like uh, <laughs> they always have the kids who are like the ones who had misbehave all the time. Um, they called them the Diabs because they <laughs> and like Cajun French. So, the Diabs, which is like, uh, you know, like a little badass, badass, like a little devil. <laughs> so it's like a, you know, like the little diabs. Um, the diabs. Let's see what's um. Uh, this, if you're real, um, if you're real, like, like flat and kind of don't have much of a personality, they'll say that you're real plot. Plot. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, she's real plot. Like, just no, like, you know, he's just he's just plot. Like a plot of land. Like just flat. Right. Yeah. Right. There's just so many little sayings like that and you can like build up this huge repertoire and it's just fun to um to to use all those. We need a Cajun word of the week <laughs> on PC. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I have to do it. Cajun like, word of the day. Quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, all right, so Oh, another one I like is uh, the last one I'll give you is um uh-huh. where I go. We'll call it a loose woman. They would call it a putain. <laughs> putain. 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 Yeah, she's doing the putain, her. <laughs> doing the putain. Yeah, she's doing the putain. I mean, um, oh, what they mean is that she is, um, you know. Fucking. Right. <laughs> but anyway. Nice. What makes wow. you want to be a teacher, Jacob? Yeah, really. Oh, uh, you know, it wasn't, I can't say it was, you know, I was in the third grade and I decided I was going to be a teacher. You were inspired, like, right? Uh, not really. Um, so I went, so the first thing was like even going to college because like my sister had gone, so I have an older sister who was like, you know, it's been pretty successful. Not like, you know, she's not like Bezos or something, but she's been successful. Like she went to college and got a good job and everything, but we were like the first ones like not just in my family, like my household, but really in like the the whole family that kind of mm-hmm. went to college. And so after my sister, it was like it was still a big deal, even though she had that I was going to college too. Like it was expected of me. But I went to college, but it was sort of I didn't really, you know, be, it's weird when you're like a first generation college student because there's nobody like there's no like, well, well, my dad went to be a doctor or my dad went into accounting, right? Right. Like there's no yeah. real, like you don't even really know what college is completely supposed to be. And like, I think schools are better about it now, but I know when I was in school, they were just like the only time the counselor ever like talked to me. And, like I was obviously a kid who had like the grades and stuff to go to college, but they never really like sat down and talked to me. They're just like, Hey, uh, make sure you take the ACT. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But like they never really kind of, laid it out for me like what I could go to college for so I was just trying to figure out what to do and I guess like any little SJW millennials <laughs> I wanted to go for um my original plan was to go my original major when I started was sociology oh, and I was shit. thinking like wow. like any poor kid who goes to college like I'm going to help people and you know I'll be a social worker or something like that and then I like took sociology and I was like you know this is all right but I'm really not into it, and I, I 
but I ended up taking an English class. I had always been pretty good at English, and I just decided, like, you know what? I'll just be an English major, which I knew. I was not delusional. I can't like any dumbass millennial. I took out a liberal arts degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, didn't get a tremendous amount of debt, only like a moderate amount of debt. But I kind of knew, uh, like, being an English major, I was like, odds are pretty strong that I'm going to be teaching. Like, there's not a whole lot you can do unless I, like, write a novel or some shit, like, which I had no right. real want to do. I just kind of liked English classes and reading. And I kind of – I thought of it this way. I was like, I know if I do this, I could still get into teaching, and I would rather take these classes than take education classes, which a lot of times are, like, the dumbest shit you will ever take. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. So, Everybody I know who went to college – like, I right. have a lot of friends who majored – like, went to the School of Education within mm – -hmm. Um, our same university and like they did more writing and more more papers than the English majors it was just in more reading than, than than the English majors it was absurd and I was like man, right and it's glad I dodged yeah, that was, <laughs> it was like I knew if I went that way it would be easier to kind of get in the door but I was like I'm sure there's you know it's not like <laughs> Teaching is this career where, like, there's no openings. Like, I'm sure if I have the one after I graduate to teach, I'll, the door will be open. So it's kind of, like, always in the back of my mind that, like, that's what I was going to probably end up doing. But I was like, you know what, I'll get this English degree, and then we'll, we'll figure it out after. And so I I graduated, and then literally, like, within – like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> um Within weeks of graduating college, I found out that my uh, my current wife was pregnant. So that kind of wow. <laughs> threw me for a bit of a loop. It's like I never got the whole like, um, you know, after college, like dicking around for a few years thing. It was just kind of like, well, here's college and now you're having a kid. And so <laughs> I kind of had to Oops. regroup. Cause was, so, yeah, so now I'm like, I'm like, OK, I'm having a kid. I have an English degree, which is worthless as far as like the real world and trying to like make money yeah. to support a, a kid like a family and so then it just became like all right i have to scramble to get a job and i didn't go into teaching immediately i actually i for a year because i was trying to find any job i could and so i ended up doing like working for like a, a cable company like where i like the dude to like drive the vans around and come like hook up your internet and stuff mm -hmm. i did that for like a year and that was an interesting job it was um it wasn't a bad job. I mean, it paid, I made okay money for, you know, for hoping mm -hmm. that I was going to just trying to find anything I could to make a decent amount of money to where I'm not like, well, hopefully a newborn child's not going to be living on the street. Right. Gonna, but, no, but, um, so I kind of did that and it was like a decent job. And I, I was there for about a year and I almost thought, you know, I bet if I stay here, I can kind of, eventually probably work my way up into like a pretty decent spot but like like as I was doing it I kind of put out my like resume or whatever to like schools and mm -hmm. you're maybe not their first call because I wasn't like I didn't have the teaching credential because I didn't go to teaching yeah, school yeah. but they know you can like you know they can get you in there and you can do it there's other ways you can take classes and get certified whatever and so I was like, you know what, I'll put this out there, and if they called me, they'll call me. And about a year later, they ended up calling me, and it was like, uh, hey, do you want to come teach? And I was like, sure. And I just kind of got thrown into it, and I had never – that's my cat's meowing in the back. Um, yes. Um, 
I had never been in a classroom, like because I didn't go to to teaching school or anything. Oh wow! I had never, uh, yeah, like I had never student taught. I had never, like the first day I walked into a classroom was like it was just my first time in front of kids, and it's like here you go. I never like <laughs> oh like I, yeah, like I'd never got. So they didn't even start you out like subbing or anything. That is wild. Oh, because because the way it is is like they just need. And that's why I knew I would eventually be able to get a job was that like they just need it gets to the point where like schools like they just need a warm body mm. in the classroom. What a they racket. Somebody... Why would anybody go to education as a major? Like, fuck that. Like, I would just do. I mean, not to say, oh, you took the easy path or whatever, but it was like, I mean, compared to what a lot of like professional mm-hmm. teachers who go to school to Right. Just to do that, and like you said, I have to do like student teaching, and you have like basically grad school tacked on there as as sort of your last two years. Um, mm-hmm. it, and it's just like, why would anyone put themselves through that when there there seems to be a much better path? <laughs> right. No, so it, much it's demand, like the. It's it's like the pros and cons because the pros obviously is so if you do it the traditional way you do get to student teach where you're kind of dipping your toes in the water and you kind of mm-hmm. work behind somebody who's really like in charge and you just so it's like you're kind of easing into it. The downside the is, is that training. it's yeah. right, but it's unpaid labor, which is shitty, right. which yeah. is yeah. really stupid yeah. about student teaching is you're doing the job and not getting paid. So I was getting paid like a, you know, like a, a starting teacher with no experience, which is still a pretty decent income for sure. You know, somebody who was working in a cable truck. Right. Um, but the downside is you're like thrown to the wolves and it is fucking rough. Like, <laughs> and How like, did you prepare you know, for that? Like there's really, and that's the thing. And I think that's the reason to like, it doesn't matter what you're, like you could go to school for education and it's like, like they can't teach you in a classroom, like in college, what it's like until you get in there, which student mm. teaching can, but even student teaching is like, it's kind of pretend because you're kind of playing teacher while you have somebody like the veteran teacher. Behind you still have you. a fallback at the end of the day. Right. Like the kids are, you know, they know the drill, like kids are not stupid. They know you're like the little student coming in there where when you just get thrown, it's like, I don't even know how a class is supposed to run. Like, you know, they send you to like a two day training or something like this. So you do whatever, but there is just not like, it's just nothing you could prepare for until you just, you just have to get thrown into it and like learn. It's like a, it's very sink or swim. It's just, you get thrown out there and like it is. And I guess it's not rough for everybody. I guess people, it's, it's, they're more naturals at it. But like my first year was like, <laughs> I remember getting home on like Fridays, my first year. And it was just like, I would do the first thing when I get home is I would just pour, pull the whiskey out the fridge. <laughs> like, like I would get home at like 2.45 and be like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> for the next two days, buddy. Right. Cause like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, and I taught like kind of older kids that I, I, I teach now. And like older kids are like, I like, I taught eighth grade and eighth graders are like, fuck. yeah. Yeah, so oh, it was like no. my first year I'd never taught, and it was, yeah, it was rough, but I, I, I kind of learned a lot, and I like, I, I figured out quickly that the best thing to do is to find 
like the veteran teachers that kind of are no bullshit and kind of know their stuff and kind of glom onto them and kind of, you know, get them to show you mm-hmm. like how it's done. Like find like a good mentor. Like don't let mm-hmm. them assign you a mentor or anything. Like you find and seek out. And usually those people are very like, like if you show that you want to do well and kind of have to drive, they'll help you. Like, cause mm-hmm. they want you to do well. And so that's kind of what I did, but it's, you know, it was trying to like the first year was just pure survival. Like it was just like, <laughs> like I cannot, like I think about it and I just like, it is brutal. Like, like anytime I, I get stressed out now about my job, I just think back to the first year. I'm like, whatever I'm doing now, there's no way it could suck as bad <laughs> as the first year sucked because it really sucked. Wow. So you just got bulldozed, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh man, like it's so embarrassing. I remember, um, oh my god, my first day, uh, you know, because I, you know, I was trying to go. Oh, I'm an English teacher. I'm dressed nice. So I wore like my button down. I wore like a light blue button down. And so school here starts at like August third. So it's like 115 god. degrees or some bullshit. Yeah. And so I go in there. I'm like so nervous. I could puke. And like I go in there and I'm just sweating my ass off. <laughs> and the kids are like, Why are you sweating so much? I'm like, and like I just wanted it to die. I was like, I just want to leave. <laughs> They're like, Are you nervous? <laughs> like, kids you know, like kids, they don't even care. Like they would just go straight no. to the core. And I'm like, No, no, it's just hot. Like I was just so it was. It's oh, like you're thinking God. it, and you know that that they're seeing. Right. It, but at least if it's a room full of a, of adults, like if you're giving a presentation to, like a bunch of you know, colleagues that are yeah. adults, they're not going to say the things that, you know, they're all thinking. But middle schoolers, like, I mean, yeah, those kind of drama on you. Worst, is that the, like the worst example of a human being at a yes. point in a human being's life? Just that middle school time frame just right uh, it's like the yeah it's like the the middle school is like that's the thing too is like i feel like people who do go to school and they're like no or pretty early they want to be teachers it's rarely middle school they either like want to be an elementary school teacher and work with like little kids because oh little kids are cute or like they want to teach high school so they can be like you know teacher yeah, exactly. Like, think they're like a professor or some shit. But no, not many people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I want to teach middle school. They're just like me, and they just kind yeah. of float and kind of end up there. And it's, you know, it's kind of the, I don't know, the, it's like the outcast, like the purgatory. Like you gotta be, yeah, you got to be like a special kind of crazy. But, like, once you're used to it, it's just like anything. It just, it takes time to kind of figure it out. And, like, by my second year, it's like, I did the first year, and I was like, okay, let me think of the 4,000 ways that I fucked up my first year. <laughs> and, like, how can I do this? Like, how can I become competent? And so I just kind of went through it and figured out how I could get better, and then my second year was better. And it just gets kind of progressively easier as you – like anything. You just get more used mm-hmm. to it, and you know how to handle things. You don't have to carry yourself, and you know. But, yeah, a lot of people, they – you know, there's plenty of times there's people, especially like younger people, get into it and they just quit and they never, they're just like, they'll last like a month or something and they just peace out. They're like, this, no way. Like, I'm like. Yes, that would be me, 100%. <laughs> right. Because like, people, like, people just say that, like, 
people say that to me when I didn't know what I wanted to do. And they're like, why don't you go to school and be a teacher? And I'm like, that sounds awful. Have we met? Like, do you know? Right. How the <laughs> fuck would you ever tell me that? Like, but people just say it like that. Like, it's just like any other job. And it's 100% mm-hmm. never going to be like any other job. Nope. Yeah. That's like I, I my, just, my, uh, my comeback is always like, you know, people be like, well, you get, you get paid like a decent amount and you get all this time off. And I'm like, look, if you want to teach, there's plenty of fucking openings. Like yeah, they'll right. let you in, yeah. call them up. They'll put no, you in the classroom you. ASAP. They're looking for people. If you have a college degree, they'll stick your ass in there and, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> you'll you'll get Christmas break off, but like you might have forty five nervous breakdowns on the way, and like <laughs> have to go to therapy or something. But you know, whatever, buddy. And I saw somebody um on Facebook ask, um, is it appropriate to gift teachers with alcohol, like for Christmas presents or whatever? Um, and it, probably not for the students. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and a lot of these people are answering like, "I'm a teacher. Yes, please send alcohol." Right. <laughs> yeah, like you might not be able to send it to school, but like just mail it yeah. straight through my house. Or yeah, something. yeah. It, just uh, meet good. me outside in the parking lot. Give me my present. So I can't imagine not having a drinking problem being a teacher, especially like a young mm. teacher early in your career. Yeah. Um, maybe once you're a little more. A little more settled into seasoned. it. Um, yeah. Seasoned, yeah. So do you teach uh, multiple subjects being a middle school teacher? So so now what I do, when I first started, I taught, um, I taught English, like, exclusively. Mm-hmm. But now I do special education. And I kind of pivoted because when I moved schools, it was like to get into the school I wanted, they didn't really have what, I don't know, just kind of as I moved, like when we moved to where I live now, closer to New Orleans, I, you know, like I had to change schools, which was like kind of a a pain too, because like you get so used to, yeah. like you're, you know, you're so used to it. And so I had to move. And then like, as I got through it, it's, it's like, they've made English like less and less fun to do because teaching English is like a very laborious subject to teach. Like it's cool because it's, it's a fun thing to teach, but it's like you're great in essays and like the Mm -hmm. workload is, is intense. And like, but the, the kind of saving grace of it is like, it is cool because you get to read books and, you know, read books with the kids and they get into it. Like that's the fun part, but they've slowly kind of, try to zap all that away by making you do like these like bullshit curriculums that are like, mm-hmm. you know, like devoid of any kind of like soul, you know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. they've sucked the fire. When I first started, I was kind of, I was almost allowed to just like, as long as you're, you know, teaching the stuff you're supposed to, you kind of figure it out. You can do it the way you want. Now I feel like everybody's expelled, like every place has some curriculum you have to follow and it's extremely strict and it's like a big book and it's kind of scripted and it's, you know, it's if, for the amount of work it is. It's it's just not fun. They've taken the the few fun parts out of it. So they WWE it up. Right, right, exactly. Ah, yes, very very so, cookie cutter. So now I mainly teach math, and I do like special education, and I, I work with a lot less students. It's a little more, I would say, I don't want to say laid back, but it's 
I don't know. It's just a different job. It's not quite as like, I would say it's a little less stressful than what I used to do, but it's still fun. I still enjoy it. It's, you know, it's like a, it's another thing too. Like when you first start, you're so, you kind of have this, a lot of people in your first few years, you're just like, I want to be like the greatest teacher ever. And like, you kind of, you know, like you do really well and everything, but then you Mm. just, it's like not sustainable. Like you can't, like when you get start getting to like year six, seven, eight, it's just, you're like, I can't, you're like, I still want to do a good job. Turns I out I did not reinvent the profession. <laughs> right, exactly. You're just like, you know what? I just like kind of want to come do my job, like do a good job, like, and, you know, actually have a life and do my own thing and not have like every second of my life. Cause there's people who are like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like their complete identity is you know, they're a teacher. When they're home, that's all they do is teaching stuff. I try to play in the middle where I don't want to be, like, completely, like, not give any shit about my job, but also have kind of, you know, tried to have some kind of balance. Because it is definitely a job that can kind of, like, consume your life if you mm-hmm. let it or if you kind of want it to, which some people do, and, you know, good for them. Yeah, I I remember my mind being blown when I don't even remember how I – learned that you were a teacher but it was just kind of like we i mean we'd like known each other for a while i think we'd even been doing ptv nxt mm-hmm. for a while and it was you know i didn't know that much about you personally but mm-hmm. when it came about that you were a teacher i was kind of like fucking really um <laughs> which i mean sounds <laughs> shitty it's just a lot like, of things about your life are really shocking to tim it, they are because i'm like you, you just see i guess it just seems Enigma. like yeah. You're very good at um, compartmentalizing, and um, right. I think I am not, and a lot of people are not, so there aren't that many surprises about some people. You know, when, when your identity is just sort of whatever it is you do or whatever it is you're into, it just sort of follows you throughout everything mm-hmm. and informs so many of your interactions. And I was like, I didn't have a clue what you did for a living, you know, like... A shrimp Even the fact, well, yeah, right, and like right. as we get into it, like the fact that you, you know, you you had a child. I was like, <laughs> oh, I got more of a, right. more of a fun uncle vibe. <laughs> Somebody like just, have a kid, Jake. I'm like, well, he must be like right. divorced. Oh no, happily married. Okay, uh, <laughs> happily married teacher with divorce a child. boat captain, staple. In a loving, stable home. I don't know. Just like, weird. Like I'm as shocked like, as you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love how y'all were good friends and you didn't know any of that shit. I don't know that I'd say we were good friends at the time, but it's like we done yeah, like that's true. That's true. we had like just started the podcast. Yeah. I would say. Well, that, um, and it's not yeah, like I, I feel like that's like. For, for that. <laughs> It's kind of like always, I don't want to say the rap on me, but it's kind of always been my thing. It's like, I think I'm so worried about like, like being like, like the teacher thing, like being somebody, like, hey, did you know I'm a teacher? I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Like, <laughs> I think I'm so worried about like beating people over the head with things that I could kind of overdo it to the point where people think I'm like being secretive. And it's yeah. like, it's always kind of been, it's always been like that for me. Like even at jobs, like, um, you know, like I have friends who I, I've worked with for like, you know, multiple years, 
And it's like the first year I worked there, they were like, we didn't think you liked us because you didn't speak to us. I'm like, no, I don't know. That's just like my personality. Like, I don't like to come in hot on people. I don't know. Like, like it, I guess it just takes me a while to, and it's not like I'm, I don't know. It's not really like intentional. I think I'm just, I'm so worried of being somebody. Maybe it's because sometimes that can bother me. Maybe. I don't know what it is, but I've always kind of been like that where I don't, like, I, I, I'm so worried about being so in your face about everything. So, like, you know, but then after I'm, like, at a job for a year, I have these people I'm really close with, and I talk to them all the time. But they always be like, man, I remember when you first started working here, and you, like, we didn't know what to, what to think. And then, like, one day we asked you this random thing, and you gave us this answer. And then from there, like, we became friends. And, like, it just, I don't know. It's just, I guess I'm <laughs> a slow burn kind of person. I don't know. I would say, yeah. Um... It, I think it's just like uh, you feel people out a lot. Like you match energies. Right. I feel like you know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. What level of me can you handle? <laughs> like adjust yeah, right. person, really. And as you get to know people in whatever, I mean that's yeah, like I was always I was always known in, in school. I was all, like people. I thought I was like quiet. Like I had like friends and everything. It was just I was always seen as like quiet, almost to the point like. Like, it would kind of, like, annoy me sometimes. It's, like, and, like, I really don't feel like I'm quiet just because I don't, like, like, if you talk to me, I'm going to talk to you. I'm not just going to, like, run away or something. I'm just not <laughs> a person who's going to, like, it's never been my, you know, to, maybe I just don't engage enough with people, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. But, mm-hmm. but like, I would sit by people in class and they'd be like, you're so quiet. I'm like, well, have you tried fucking talking to <laughs> me? Because, like, I'll talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Tried like, Okay. Yeah, just talk to me. Like, oh, yeah, you aren't that quiet. I'm like, well, yeah, just, I don't know. That's just not really my, I don't know. It's just not really my deal. I don't know. It's not I don't really talk something just, I, I don't talk just for the sake of hearing my own fucking voice, unlike you, clearly. Oh, what's well, that? Uh, that's, not quiet, you're an asshole. <laughs> right. Like, when you go to what's, the bar, if you're just sitting there by yourself and people are around, like, are you inclined to start just randomly talking to somebody? Depends how drunk I am. If I'm, yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Like, you know, that could be where my where my love of drinking comes in. Is I feel like it may be it you know, like many, away. yeah, like many people. I mean, right. I don't think that's uncommon. I think that's you know one of the main right. That's why you uh, drink. A reason, of, yeah, like social drinking is to kind of you know maybe take that edge off. But you know, and it's I don't know it's just kind of the but yeah if I'm. But chances are, like, if I just show up, I'm not going to talk to random people. But if I keep drinking, I probably would. But that's <laughs> why I, so I like drinking. Because I don't see myself as – like, I feel like in school and stuff, people maybe thought I was, like, kind of antisocial or something. And I never really mm. saw myself as antisocial. Like, I don't know if it's, like, a social anxiety thing where, like um, – like, I feel like with social anxiety, which, I mean, I probably do to some extent have that. But it's, I feel like people think if you have some kind of social anxiety, it means that you don't like interacting with people, which I think is right. not right. – no, I don't think it yeah, means you like – Yeah, that's a misconception. Right. It's yeah, not I, like you don't like interacting with people. It's just kind of – it's more difficult, you know? That's what Ethan yeah. tells me a lot, you know, because I'll be like, you don't like anybody. <laughs> and then he'll be like, yeah, dude. I'm like, you don't, you don't talk to me. He's like, yeah, I, I can't just like – Whatever, mom. You know, it's it's harder for me to do mm-hmm. that stuff. 
And it's, you know, I never really thought of it that way for whatever reason. Yeah, it would be like, also like if people mm-hmm. go. So let's say like if you were lactose intolerant and somebody's like, yeah. well, you just don't like, you don't like dairy. It's like, I mean, you I like it. It's just, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it I hurt. enjoy it. With me. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it makes things hard for me sometimes. Right. I also think that people kind of, uh, conflate, uh, maybe introversion with, uh, shyness when really those can be, v- very different things like i'm more and more coming to realize like how introverted i am mm-hmm. but i've never thought of myself as shy um or and even having like i, I have generalized anxiety disorder but i don't mm-hmm. have um social anxiety disorder i've never had like a, a social anxiety mm-hmm. issue um it's it's always been more general and and kind of internally driven right. um but at the same time, no, I'm not somebody who's super outgoing and going to be the first to strike up a conversation or goes out looking for um, so interaction with people who I don't know. You know what I mean? But when I'm around people who I know very well and um, I consider friends or family or I'm comfortable with uh, because I know them, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing to just talk about whatever. Um, and that, that has nothing to do with, um, anxiety or, or being introverted or anything. It's just, you know, th- there's a big difference between shyness and introversion, extroversion, whatever that, um, I, I think it all just kind of gets very, um, generalized and, um, misconstrued. Yeah, like people think you're just being like aloof, like mm-hmm. I don't know, like smug or something. And it's like, look, I promise you, I'm not. It's like I, I'm just not trying to like bother you. Like I don't, like I don't like assume that you want me to talk to you, kind of right. thing. Like I'm not right, gonna yeah. just be all up in your shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, if I, if I get the feeling that you do want me to, and I think it's like as I've gotten older, it's kind of. I think it was much more when I was a kid. Like, I was considered, like Tim said, shy. I was considered, like, a deathly shy. Like, in elementary school, it was, like, like kindergarten, first grade. They were, like, something's wrong with this kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, like, as I've gotten older, like, even through high school and then as an adult, it's definitely not what it was. I mean, which is common. All that stuff is usually kind of more magnified when you're a kid because you don't really know how to, I guess, like handle it or approach it. It's just kind of the way you are and you don't really know. And it can kind of become like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if everybody's saying like you're shy or something, I think you just kind of fall into it. Cause like, well, guess that's everybody knows me. Guess it's, <laughs> guess that's who I am. But Well, um, so mm-hmm. how did you uh, end up meeting your wife, Claire, since you don't talk to people apparently? Right. So I, um, <laughs> Right, so I did have, you know, I did have, like, a pretty, had quite a few friends in high school, but we, so my wife went to private school, um, so, like, but in the same town, and it's, like, a small town, so it's these kind of, by high school, 
like definitely like when you're younger, it's not really intermingled unless your parents know each other. So but by high school, like people I hung out with in different circles, it all kind of bled together. And so I kind of knew her in high school, but not really that closely. Like I knew her a little bit. But then, like, in college, we went to the same college. It's not like, the, you know, this is not some <laughs> crazy story. It's pretty um, normal. But I kind of knew her and whatever. And she actually, I guess the only part is, like, um, she dated one of my friends for a long time. And um, and then she kind of, I think, kind of knew me through then. And then later on kind of broke up with him and then um, got with me. And then here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Make it sound so matter of fact. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's, you know, it's like, I don't know if I have any, like, interesting, um, you know, like any, you know, dis- Disney stories or something, you know, like some fairy tale thing. It was just kind of like we knew each other, like, a little bit in high school and then in college we kind of knew each other more. And then I think, you know, I think it's probably like maybe if she hadn't been dating one of my friends, maybe things would have taken off quicker, but it was kind of a weird thing as mm-hmm. those things typically are. And it was kind of a touch and go situation, but once the all clear was there, we, um, yeah, better. And it's kind of been, <laughs> and then as I was graduating college, I got a pregnancy. Didn't waste any time. So. <laughs> all right. Sorry. So. <laughs> Birth control. You gotta, you gotta make sure on schedule with that stuff, guys. You can <laughs> the smallest Take of errors. Take nothing away from this interview. Just remember. <laughs> right. It's my bit of advice. Birth control is important. So I tell the students. Uh, Claire's awesome. Um, I've met her, and we have the same birthday, not the same year, because she's younger than right. me. Same day. So that's weird and cool. Yeah. Like her. So I don't know how to ask this question. Um. This is sort of circling back to the whole after graduation, you had a week, and then <laughs> I got the news of, of, of a lifetime there. Um, right. Did you, like, I'm just thinking of myself at, like, 22 years old um, and, you know, trying to think of how any 22-year-old handles that situation, but are you like going through like a massive existential crisis? Like, Oh, I just, I did all the right things. You know, I, I went, uh, you know, first in, in the family, first in my generation to go to college, um, right. you know, got this degree. I've got really good grades graduating on time. Um, you know, I'm getting myself set up, set up for life here. I'm going to go on, get a great job and do great things. And, Right. Okay. Now I'm having a kid out of what? Well, I'm assuming you guys were not married yet. No. Is that no. true? Okay. So no. child out of wedlock. It just it, <laughs> it feels like your your life was just all of a sudden going in a circle or something, like going in the wrong way immediately. Like I don't know. Did you have some kind of again just existential? What has happened here? How did how did how did I go from here to here just at right. like record, just at light speed, basically? No, absolutely. And it's not like, again, I went to college, I was an English major, which is like a worthless degree. So I'm not like, <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. I just finished my accounting degree. I'll get into a firm. Like, you know, was no- <laughs> it's, a, it's a degree. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say it's, you know, it's a degree, which is 
Right. Um, a good degree. It's, you know, you went to a four-year university, got a degree in anything. is kind of a big deal when you're the first of your family to do that. Right. And Right. Um, it was kind of, so like my stretch, like probably my number one, because like I knew my family was not going to, you know, they were just going to be like, oh, well, I guess you're having a kid. Like my family was not going to really make a big deal out of it because it's mm-hmm. just kind of the way they are. My, one of my mm-hmm. first concerns was how her parents are going to take it because, you know, she comes from a – I would say she comes from, again, like like some wealth. But, you know, yeah, like she went to private school where parents are – The other side right. of the bayou. Mm, right, right, up, up the, the bayou. bayou. Up the up bayou, bayou, right? And so bayou. I was just like, oh, my goodness, her parents are going to <laughs> not be happy. <laughs> but then luckily – so it's like we held off for a while. Like we were scared to tell them. But then we told them, and they were totally cool with it. You know, they were all good with it. So then my second thing was like, I don't know if I, I was just, you know, because I think having a kid, even if you do plan it, it's kind of a stressful thing because it's just sure. so many things you're like, you're like, I feel like I can barely take care of myself. How am I going to be responsible for another human? You know, like, you know, so many things like that go through your head. But then you're, then you also think of like just the practical things of like, I have to find some kind of job. Like, you know, I know our families will help us and stuff, but I have to figure something out. But I, I do think, I don't know if it's just like the way I was raised, but it was like, I, I never felt like after college, I was going to, I don't know. It kind of felt like, oh, this is probably how it's going to go for me. Like there wasn't going to be any like five years of just dicking around or something. It just kind of like, I, I just felt like the way I grew up, it was not going to be like, I just kind of, like, I don't know. I guess my mindset was like, you know, these things happen. You just have to, like, figure sense. it out. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> you know, like, you just have to figure it out. Like, I don't know. Just... Uh, well, we're just doing this now, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I guess it was not like the way I grew up was like, well, then I'll go to college and then I'll have my 10 years to find myself. And, <laughs> you know, I just was, it was a very, like, um, I don't know. I guess I just always had that kind of working class mindset where you're just mm. like, well, stuff comes up and you got to deal with it and you got to, I don't know. Like you Roseanne you did, do. you know? Mm-hmm. Roseanne right, exactly. Did. They just did what they well, had identical. to <laughs> Like I was, they said I was gifted and talented in school. Like I can figure it out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> My mom says I'm gifted. <laughs> That's the whole thing. I feel like I've heard that now that people – um, are kind of against that whole like that no kid should be labeled gifted and talented. Yeah, because like puts undue pressure on kids and stuff. I don't know, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I just was like, you know, well, I guess I'll just try and figure this out hopefully. But I was for sure panicking, <laughs> no mm-hmm. doubt. Like, yeah, I was just, and it was a weird thing too because you know, it kind of put me. How do you say this? Like. I hate to say the cliche, like it made me mature or grow up faster. I don't think it was that. It was just like, just naturally the kind of life that you lead once you have a kid is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the people I knew, and it, it, it's something that's still to this day, because I think, you know, my generation, I mean, people are in their early 30s and they're still like not really, like people don't really settle down as much. Like I feel like I'm a, like kind of, against the norm on that as far as like having a kid that early yeah like you know like i'll hang out with friends i've known for a long time and they're they're like my age and they're still kind of like you know working in restaurants and just kind of you know 
very transient, I guess you'll say. And then here I am, like, well, I'm a teacher, I have a kid. Transient. Yeah, you know, like, they just, like, I don't know. Like, they have no real, like, responsibilities. You know what I mean? Uh, they just kind of go with the flow. They're, you know, like, they're like, yeah, I just get, you know, drunk on a Wednesday like, or whatever after yeah. my shift or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, oh, well, I uh, wake up at 6 a.m. and I go to my job and then I get my kid off the bus and do homework. And like, oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like just a, it's like a very different kind of. You know, and these are people where, like, you know, 10 years before, I was, like, right there with them. And it's just, it's kind of weird how it diverges, I guess. It is funny. It, it feels like each generation becomes a little bit more, I don't know if arrested is the right word, but it's sort of like, like you're saying, like, a 30-year-old today kind of is more like – a lot of people's perception of a 20 year old Mm -hmm. and like a 20 year old is like a 10 year old. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that says. I don't even know um, if if that's a, if I'm being critical or what, but it just seems like that's an effect over time where it just, it's like there's this extended adolescence unless you really have a reason um, that you have to grow up. Uh, well, I mean, it's all perspective, too. Yeah, I mean, darn good reason. <laughs> I think everybody has their own timetable. You know, like, what, it's like, should there be, like, a norm? You know what I mean? Like, right. like a set mm-hmm. way to do things? Or does everybody get to kind of figure that shit out for themselves? Like, <laughs> live with your parents, you know? Right. And, like, I have friends like that that, like, don't have kids. And it's, like, I still hang out with them sometimes. Yeah. It's, and it's, like, it's not like it's super weird or anything. It's just kind of a funny juxtaposition. Like, yeah, like when yeah. you're kind of trying to get in touch with them, if you haven't seen them in a while, and like, kind of get together. And you start talking about, like, what they're up to and what they're up to. And there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing or what they're, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, it's just weird. It, it can be, like, a funny conversation when mm. you're, like, to to be the same like age like and a, be at such different places in life, essentially. Right, exactly. Luckily, I live in the South, so I guess we had a kid at 23. So there's probably people who are like, wow, you waited till you were 23? <laughs> you know, like, I, have a cousin, I have cousins who, by the time they're 23, have like three kids. So, yeah, you know, true. who knows? In the South, maybe it's a little different. Maybe 23 <laughs> is, is like 30. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But... Look, it's hot down here. The eggs, they uh, <laughs> oh, go that, bad. They go bad the older. Was that uh, right. increased fertility, the, yeah. the heat and the humidity yeah. of the south? Yeah. Just saying. Right. So you okay. just got to watch when there's a, a vacation and then the schedule of the birth control, you know, allegedly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Allegedly. That's what allegedly. they say. Right. You never know. You might be a schmuck like me. <laughs> it's all good. I, I, I have no. I, I'm all good with it. It, it's, it, it could have been a lot worse. I'll put it that yeah, way. It's, that's true. You know. But yeah, it's um, you know, it's the Cajun way, right? You just mm-hmm. you do you do what you got to do, Bab. I do. I do think it's your, funny that your lady like, gets pregnant. You gotta. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you go. You go to work. 
<laughs> you sell drugs to bu- to build your house. Right. That's what tickles me that that was sort of your attitude, even at the time. You're just sort of um, I don't want to say complacent with the fact that well, this was probably how my life was going to go. But it just I, I, I picture a lot of people um, being in coming from your background, and when they go to college, having this mindset of oh, I'm doing this to um, leave my old life behind, basically to to become a different person to become um, who I think I'm supposed to be kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. they just sort of reinvent um, who they are and where they came from. Whereas you are just kind of like, I am who I am. And yeah, I happen to be that same guy. Just um, getting a a, um, college diploma and this is how it's going to (laughs) go. Like no surprises really. (laughs) Yeah, right. better educated than some people <laughs> right and it's you know it's not like you know at least i i kind of you know i wasn't like 16 or something like yeah. right <laughs> which i mean which obviously is you know that's a much different thing but it was still it was certainly like i mean i think i got prepared but i think at the time i was like yeah, I, I don't want to underplay my panic at the time. Like, trust me, it wasn't like I was like, "Oh no, this is this is fine." Well, yeah, I was yeah, very but, much like at a, um, "Ooh, buddy, gonna have to figure this one out." Like, what? Like, You're like, I have to build us a house now. What the hell? Right. I don't know how to build a house. Just, yeah, uh, well, that's the thing too. I'm like, look, I can't build. <laughs> I can't build the house. I don't know how to do that. No, right. And then my dad, my, my entire life, had been telling me, he's like, look, if you do nothing else, whatever job you get, go get an education. He's like, you need to work in the AC. Don't work yes. outside. Yes. And then the, and then I'm like, all right, I went to college. And then here I am driving, driving around a cable truck, fixing people's internet, like working out in the sun. And my dad's oh, like, man. son of a bitch. <laughs> but then, like, at the same time, I feel like my dad was kind of like, He's fine either way because then if I do do that, he's kind of like, oh, look at him. He's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I think he kind of has a respect for that too, but mm-hmm. I think he's glad that I, um, you know, I'm in the AC now. I think he's yeah. happier with that. Not crawling around under the crawl space, getting eaten up by snakes and mm. spiders right. and shit. Alligators. Alligators. <laughs> And my mom was probably just like, hey, and my mom was very like mellow. So she was just, no, oh, you're having a kid. Well, all right. I guess she's like, I'll help you. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> That's what mamas do. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, maybe they, they should have said I was doing the putan, maybe. <laughs> maybe some people did. Maybe five <laughs> by my back. <laughs> That's what they told their friends. Uh, he went to he went to uh, went to college, but now he's into Putan. <laughs> it didn't take. I'll tell you on the bayou, he'd be like, "Oh, you waited till twenty three? Wow, <laughs> man, you waited, huh?" <laughs> you know, like I remember going to the bus. It was like. Um, because we, I don't know if kids have to do this anymore. Like, walk to the furthest street to catch the, the bus. bus. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, I have to walk 
to the furthest street. Like the bus wasn't going to come pick me up. So I had to walk. I remember I was in middle school and there was like a girl two years older than me at the bus stop and she was like pregnant. In oh, middle wow. school. <laughs> oh my God. Like, wow. Like where, when I, where I grew up, like everybody thought I was, <laughs> cause you know, like I didn't, like, I don't want to say I grew up in, you know, it wasn't like a bad neighborhood, like violent or anything, but you know, there were not a lot of people from my neighborhood who went to college, I would say. So, like, yeah. Yeah. me and my sister were seen as, like, they treat us like we were, like, professors or something. Like, we were <laughs> members of Mensa. <laughs> like, you know, like, because my dad would go around and, like, my dad would be, like, real, like, everybody in the neighborhood, he would act like we were, like, these genius children. Like, you know, because we made good grades and stuff. Like, yeah, my kids are, like, he would brag all the time. So these people all thought Aww. we were, like... <laughs> My dad made it seem like we were like these, you know, like prodigy children who are <laughs> the future <laughs> captains of industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he was. That's so cute, like we're though. Going, I love like that. Like we were going to be, we were going to be going to Yale or something. <laughs> I remember my dad used to get like drunk, and he would like be sitting there. He'd be like loaded, and like I don't know if you ever <laughs> had this, like the like parents sitting there drunk trying to talk to you. I just remember it would be like excruciating, and I'm like, <laughs> if I ever do this, um, like I know yeah. Drake, and like he'd be sitting there, and he'd be like, "Look, let me tell you something." And he'd pause for like 25 seconds, and I'd be like, "Oh my god!" And I, I remember like watching the clock and being like, "I need to escape." Like, and so I try and move away. He's like, "Well, hold on, no, don't go anywhere. I got to tell you something. Look, I, I'm glad, I'm glad you're in school." You're doing well. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Okay, can I go play PlayStation now? And like, you just talk talk to me for like 45 minutes, like completely loaded, and like just about all these random things. And I don't know. Hopefully, I'll never do that. If I do, hopefully, my son uh, tells me off. <laughs> Whatever. You'll be glad one day for those drunken ramblings, Jake. Yes. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> That's what I tell myself anyway. Right. You ever give Ethan the uh, some drunk talks? No, I try to stay away. Life <laughs> <laughs> for the best. <laughs> you should try it next time. Like, no, I just yeah, try to be funny. Here. I just try to be funny all the time. I ain't trying to get in my feels. Um, I don't. I don't. That's not why I drink booze. You know. And right. for the most part, I'm good about that. So I just try to be fun drunk. I don't try to be. I just am fun drunk. Because mm. I just want to make jokes all the time. Same. Same. I don't want to be, you know, I'm trying to be after drinks on that so secretive, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like You know, so I don't hide my careers in life. And your dogs. Yeah. Right. Wow. That was a situation. Well, that that was a lot, Jake. I feel like I learned a lot about you. Me too. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I'm glad I learned a lot about poop poop knives because. <laughs> well, that's what we're poop here for. Knives. 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 Poop knives. 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 Sorry. Not knives. The poop knife man. You're an English teacher. Damn it. Cajun. Look. Like, oh, like yeah. Right. <laughs> Gage in English teacher, man. Okay, what's your favorite book? Oh, oh mm. man. I'm so horrible at, like, favorite. Well, we're, uh, we have um, 15 questions, so. 
lightning yeah. round. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Favorite book. You know what? I'll, I'll take a cop out and go the teaching way. I'm going to say the outsider. It's not like as my personal favorite book, but it was always my favorite book to teach because the kids always really enjoyed it. I think it's because mm-hmm. all the kids and the outsiders are like a bunch of criminals and they kind yes. of <laughs> enjoyed it. And yeah. so I'll go outside. I'll go the teacher route. That's kind of a cop out, but I'll go that because it's, it's a fun book to teach kids. They get really into it. Yeah, I remember loving that book. What are some of the other things that you teach as far as reading material? So reading, like I said, I don't teach much reading anymore. If I do mm-hmm. teach reading, it's more like literally, it's more like remedial. Like I'm trying to teach kids like how to read. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of where I'm at now, but let's see, my, my go-tos, so I, I mainly taught seventh grade. I would teach, my my year would go, I would teach The Giver. That was a big oh, book. Oh, I love that book. Seventh grade. Never read I did that. The give, oh, my God. I did so The good. Giver. It's almost like a, um, it's kind of, I would say it's like a um, free Hunger Games or something. It's not like. It's dystopian, hung, for sure. Right, right. It's kind of a, I feel like it paved the way for these Hunger Games type of books, but that's a good one. I would read, um, I would always read Anne Frank, but the play, mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. play is always yeah. a fun thing in class. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get the kids to read the parts, and it's that's always fun. And um, It's also a good idea to liven up the Holocaust when right. you're in seventh grade. Right, you need some mm-hmm. comedic, some comic right, relief right. in there. Um, some romance. Let's see, what I would do the Outsiders... What else did I – when I taught eighth grade, we did uh, Flowers for Algernon. I don't know if oh, that's right. uh, I don't know depressing. if I'm taking it back on that. Good Lord. Yeah. That was a good one. What else did we yeah. read in eighth grade? I really liked that, that was the one, big I remember. I think we did uh, Julius Caesar, I think, probably. Yeah. So the sh- – see, I've never really taught the, the Shakespeare. Mm. And if I'm mm-hmm. – I've never been the biggest. Like I like Shakespeare, okay, but I've never for an English major. I think I'm probably in the lower. Mm. Like it never caught me as much as some people. I guess I did, like I said, English major. I was always like I always wanted to take the classes where you get to read things that were written in like the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I remember taking like I had to take these classes where you had to read like the Fairy Queen and all this like shit written three hundred years ago and like the Odyssey. It would bore the the yeah. Oh my God, it would bore the piss out of me. I know some people like it's just not for me. Beowulf. Like, it's we just read like Beowulf I, I just, in uh, yeah, yeah. Great, I think. Yeah, I think we did too. Yeah, like that was part of like when I was in school, I had like gifted English, and so they would really try and like. Yeah. We read Beowulf. We read mm-hmm. like the myths. I could never get into that. This is more about what I don't like and reading than what I actually do. Like. Well, that's valuable all too, the, I think. All, all the shit that pissed me off, all the stuff I had to like. I think a lot of that stuff I didn't read, honestly. Like I, did, I was supposed to read the Fairy Queen in college. I didn't read that. I just read the Cliff Notes and I read an, wrote an essay based on the Cliff Notes. There you I go. I, made, like, a I did that with uh, Heart of Darkness. Um, oh God. Yeah, which I, I feel like brutal. Um, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't into the um the what do I call it like the classic like what I had to take like classic British literature. Mm. Good lord, mm. poured the fucking. Um, <laughs> I had a question that I've uh, I've forgotten. 
But, I don't uh, think if there's any other. I'll try and I'll try and think of books. Uh, Flowers for Algernon. I feel like there was some. There's like a big book I'm forgetting that's <sighs> to give our. I read a lot of like we. It's a lot more like nonfiction stuff that kids have to read now. Yeah. Like I, I, well, we were in school, we read mostly like books and stuff, but now they read a lot of like, I don't know, like we read Angela's Ashes my senior year. I mean, hmm. we did a lot of memoirs and uh, oh. did a big like African American literature unit, um, <laughs> kind of the second half of my my senior year. To Kill um, a Mockingbird was mm-hmm. that was ninth grade for yeah. me. Yes. Yep, that's a good one. I I don't think I ever had to do it because yeah, they usually do that in high school. I think so. I never never did that one. Yeah, my main my main two that I remember that I've taught many many times were the Giver and the Giver and Frank and the Outsiders were like my those were my big ones. I remember um, getting the kids to read some um, uh, Maya Angelou poem where she talks about her mm. vagina. I like the whole poem. It's not about that, but there's like a line and she would say something about like the something between my legs and like the kids will always pop for that. <laughs> Stuff like that. How about um, something like, uh, and this middle school might be a little early for it. I, again, I feel like this was a a ninth grade book, but we did um, The Great Gatsby. That got over mm-hmm. pretty, pretty well in my English class, I feel like. Does that still have any? Yeah, that's... Full- Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's still a staple, I think. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, great guys. I always like great guys. I always like, you know, I think some people would think I'm in, like the basic books. Basic. But, yeah, I always like to kill a mockingbird. Great guys. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, oh, I remembered what I was going to ask. It's another mm-hmm. uh, pet, pet, pedagogy. Pet, I can't say that yes. word. Um, it took Opinion me a while on. to. I think it's pedagogy. It took Pedago- me about five years. Pedagogical. To, yes. <laughs> Opinion on teaching question. Um, so, so how do you feel about um, you know these these classes and these teachers that assign um, uh, arts and crafts projects for classes other than uh. crafts? Look. Okay. So. <laughs> So this is my story on this. So when I first started, you know, like I said, when you when you first start out, you need to try and find like these veteran no nonsense teachers that like really know their stuff. Like maybe yeah. are not always the ones that are like, you know, gonna win the award because like they don't really play the game enough to really get all this like super high praise. But like, it's like they kind of know what they're doing. And I remember when I first started, yeah. the the lady who kind of mentored me, she she would refer to those as cut and paste projects. <laughs> And that's what she would call them because she's like, she's like, think about, she would be like, Jacob, think about what these kids are doing. They're supposed to be doing whatever. And what are they doing? They're doing like 10 minutes of reading. And then the rest, they're cutting out pictures. They're pasting on the paper. And she's mm-hmm. like, how is that helping them learn anything about social studies or whatever they're supposed to be doing? Like, it's a waste yeah. of time. I mean, yeah, it looks cute, and it's like some teach. And she told me she's like some teachers like to do cut and paste projects because it makes them feel like they're doing something, mm. like that it's real creative and different. But it's really it just sounds good on paper, maybe, but it's really not. But I just always remember that cut and paste projects. That's what she would call it <laughs> because she's like that's all they're doing. They're just cutting and pasting like 
and playing with glue. Like they would be in first grade. Because she's like, they're in middle lady. school. They don't well, need see, to be. Then they get all fancy and then they make you do all these gimmicks, mm-hmm. right? So I wish it was just as easy as cut and paste and like whatever. That's fine. Right. But they put all these gimmicks on you and. Which is even worse. I mean, yeah, it's a it's hundred times worse. Because if it was just cut and paste, then I could just let my kid go at it, like, whatever. But I got to come up with this fucking grand idea. I got to write a fucking marketing scheme. I got to go make a PowerPoint. Like, what the fuck? I love, I love your right. usage of I've got to. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right, which is another issue with it. It's just, there's so many, it's... And, like, what are you supposed to be learning? Like, is he supposed to be learning how to market things? No. Right. Like, it's it's just – it's just stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It's just to make people feel like they're doing something cool and fun. I guess. And and another another good quote that she told me is, um, you know, when I was trying to learn how to, like, manage kids and stuff, and she she told me, um, she's like, look, Jacob, they just have to know that – She's like, most of the time, you don't really have to be that mean, but the kids have to know that you will fuck them up if you have to. That's their exact <laughs> yes. words. She's like, she's like, you don't always have to do it, but you, they have to know that if it comes down to it, you will fuck them up. <laughs> How do you do and always, that? I feel like, can I, can I volunteer a possible answer? <laughs> yeah. Um, what I would do in my extensive experience as a teacher is pick a sacrificial lamb. Just, mm-hmm. just pick one of them who, you know, was maybe not even the most disruptive, but disruptive enough right. that they just incur all of the wrath and just like give them like fucking two weeks of in school detention or just like calm down on them. Just fucking wrath of God on, yeah, on the, like this one it's kid. It's exactly. The kids just have to know, like, you're not going to take any crap. And once they realize that, they're like, okay, well, and you might get a few, but, like, 90% of kids will probably just be like, you know what, I think I'm just going to kind of mostly do what I'm supposed to do. Because, like, they just have to know that you're not going to play around. And that's kind of yeah. what, you know, that like you said, that if somebody does do something they're not supposed to, that, you know. It's not going to end well. It, it, it's like, got to be, I mean, I say a sacrificial lamb. It, it's got to be a kid who you know can take it, though. You can't just be like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the one kid who's having a bad day for whatever reason. But, like, I don't know, one of, like, the semi-popular kids where it's, you know, it's not going to wreck their whole life or anything to get in trouble in school a little bit like, and just come down on their ass. That's, uh, how I was, hey, that's, just, that's highly unfair, but okay. No, that's that's well. You got to send. Well, what it does is it sends a message to the rest of the class. Right, but that poor kid, though. It teaches that poor kid that life's not fair, <laughs> and they need to not talk always, up so much. I was always taught that you just kind of like lay out what what like what you expect and be like, okay, look, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Like you got to be real, like business, like about it. Like, look, you do this. If you don't do this, you'll be fine. If you do this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you up. Like, <laughs> you know. And it's usually things kind of go okay after that because they just don't want to, you know. But see, my like, okay. problem is that my kid goes, mm, no, <laughs> it's just right. it's like does not care in any way, shape, or form. No, you gotta pick one that cares. 
Right. <laughs> now remember, I said ninety percent. There's there's yeah. There's always there's always those outliers. <laughs> yeah, there's the outliers. So look, nothing's foolproof. Okay. <laughs> there's a it's one of these assholes is going to get it. <laughs> this is, I can't punish Tim, all of them. It's, I can Tim sure just throws a dart. Tim throws a dart at the board. All right, let's see who I'm going after today. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Cape, I didn't even do anything. I don't care. You're going to do something. You make me sound it's like your a monster. Day. You've been, you've been chosen. You make you sound like a monster. No, listen. It would definitely be one that that deserved it to a certain extent, at least. Okay. You know, I, I would be very strategic about it. Little Diab. I mean, it might be. It might be the worst the kid. I'm just saying, it doesn't have to be the worst kid. The Diabs. It depends on what kind of message you have to send. You see. It's like the Diabs. <laughs> The, 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 yeah, the Diab. If you pick um, one who's not even the worst Diab, and and I mean, what does that tell the others? They go, well, shit. Look how bad that, that <laughs> dude got it. Imagine what he's gonna do to the rest of us. I'm glad you're not a teacher. Too. He wasn't even the worst <laughs> one. We were fucking straighten up. Tim's already drunk with power in this hypothetical <laughs> teaching <laughs> scenario. I'd be fucking these kids up. That'd be a good. That'd no, be Tim, no, Tim, you know you cannot, you cannot physically. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, there are some. There's some limitations. You know? mm-hmm. Well, psychologically, um, emotionally. Right. It's 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 a lot different. Look, some of the things my teachers. No limitations. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the things that that my teachers did, I would not get away with nowadays for yeah. sure. Like right. some of the. Like, I had a teacher, my shop teacher one time called me mildly retarded. And I was like, <laughs> I don't feel like that's uh, appropriate, ma'am. Because I made some, like, spice rack or something wrong or cooking. <laughs> was he using it in a, um... Oh, it was a she. In a, it was a lady. Okay. I thought it might have been a backhanded compliment. Like, like, it was a very large lady. Yeah. It was a very large lady. Yeah, I was like thinking it. maybe backhanded compliment, like, well, you know, this really isn't bad for mm. someone who's mildly retarded. No, that was a, was an insult. I know. I was just close. I was just trying to get across the, the I'm not you know. that and that. Sorry. Sorry. Blame Miss Dishman, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe Dishman. she would. Yeah, that was her name, Miss Dishman. She's a shop teacher. Wow. I've never heard that name before in my life. Did she look like Brian Knobs? <laughs> a little bit. Similar body type. Yeah. She was... I had a history she, teacher call someone a shithead straight up one time. I don't think that would go over well today. I don't want to incriminate myself, but I've had a few moments. like, But, it's like, I don't know. You can kind of know the kids. like, Yeah, yeah. Like, the, they're not going to... Like, I, I want to say I called the kid. I said, like, I just told him one-on-one. I was like, look, man, you're, you're being a dick. I was like, you're being a dick. Oh, no. I did it. You know, you, you kind of, you kind of know, you know. See? It was, 
Yeah. Get another kid. He was like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like, like, look, I know these kids. Like, I know how they speak on the playground, right? It's not like he was like, <gasps> like, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. wasn't gasping or anything. Yeah. Right. right. They're going to find this and fire me. Yep. I'm sending it right to your school. So. Send it to the administration. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I think Miss Dishman also threw a piece of wood at me one time. I think she knew it was going to miss, but she did throw it. <laughs> she did it wow. anyway. Hardcore. Yeah, she she was something, but I think she did she did like us. <laughs> she liked us. She had a good heart, right? So <laughs> how to make a spice rack and a shitty table. I made a shitty table in shop too. It was real bad. I made a shitty it's table kind of, also. Really? I remember <laughs> the thing about shop too is like. So you take, I remember I took it the first time in ninth grade. So it's like high school. You're like, yeah. you know, they hype up all the electives. Like you're going to be able to take all these electives. So, so we get shot, but we go there like day one. We're thinking like, all right, we're going to be messing with saws and stuff. She's like, all right, the first two quarters, we're going to be drafting. It's just like, mm, that's doing so like drafting out. <laughs> She's like, you can't use any, we won't be using power tools for 12 weeks. I'm like, great. It's Ours? just like 12 weeks of. Measuring things with like a T square or whatever. Oh my god, ours was paired with agriculture, so we had to learn. Oh god, all when we had the most boring ag teacher. Oh my god, a really good man, but just jeez. Um, but oh god, and you just had to learn like the different kind of cows, like literally, you know, like the breed. That is so Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> It was full. I'm not sure I knew class. there were different cows. I thought they were just like yeah. There's cows. all different kinds. I was in 4-H for a while too. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember 4-H. Uh, um, but then in shop, I made a terrible um, uh, coffee table. I actually <laughs> abandoned it mostly <laughs> three fourths <laughs> of the way through. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, it was terrible. And the dudes in the class were back there huffing gas out of the tractors and shit. We had that Always job, good. They would, huff, they would huff the uh, the paint thinner, the paint yeah, stripper. We had yeah. dudes who would huff it out the water bottles. Yep. Those were the days. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, any other questions to wrap us up, Tim? Um, no, I, I think I got all of my, uh, pedagogical questions out of the way. I feel like we didn't touch on the Cajun stuff enough, so there's, um, I think there's some room for a part two eventually here. Yeah, I have some questions on alligators. Yeah, a lot of gator questions. We'll have to do a full, and I can do it, I can do the whole pod in a a Cajun accent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do a full deep dive. Full deep dive of the, it'll be like a um like a TED talk on Cajun culture. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, is yeah. there anything that you want to plug, Jacob? Before we go, um, uh, of course we do the uh, PTB and XT pod on the uh, Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed. Um, I also do um, a wrestling pod called the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast on the North South Connection feed, along with uh, various wrestling podcasts on the wrestling feed. Including uh, Highway to the Impact Zone with our good buddy Logan Crossland. 
and the other gentleman there. But uh, that's about it on uh, Twitter. I am Jumbalaya underscore Jake. We even talk. There we go. We even talk Jumbalaya. I somehow. know. Oh, that's weird. All right, That'll be Tim, the occasion episode. Yes, <laughs> got to save it for that. Um, Tim, what you got going on? Uh, you can find me on the poop net. The poop. God damn it! <laughs> I botched it. <laughs> Take two. You can find me on the Poop Knife podcast on Place Me Nation Poop. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I yeah, the aforementioned PCB NXT um, is on Place Me Nation Wrestling. Subscribe to that if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, also have a podcast on that same network. It is called Talking WCW. It's with you, Jenny, mm-hmm. and it's with Greg Phillips also. Uh, on Place Me Nation Pop, the Place Me Nation Pop Experience, that's our sister feed, um, do subscribe to that, certainly, where you can hear me on Pop Goes to the Couch. We are doing uh, episodic reviews and analysis of Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Spoiler, I don't like it very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... Certainly here on the Jenny position, uh, there's a great cornucopia of content for your listening pleasure. Uh, in addition to this show, Talking Pop, uh, you'll hear me and Jenny and our friends JT Rosero and Scott Criscolo on The Journey Through Infinity. That is a Marvel Cinematic Universe review podcast. So you'll get some movie reviews uh, if you're a Marvel fan as well right here on the Jenny position. On the North-South Connection, that's rounding out our quad of pods. Uh, I have 9021-NOSO with the aforementioned JT Rosero and a rotating guest. Jenny, you've been on it. Jake, we got to get you in there. Uh, but if you have any interest in, in joining us for a 90210, original Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, uh, we're booking guests all the time. Just reach out to me or JT, um, and we're just going episode by episode. We're trying to uh, actually finish up the first season. I think we're going to make it, and then we'll continue on booking into the second season. So if you're a fan of the show, if you've done a podcast, if you've never done a podcast, doesn't really matter, reach out, and we'll get you involved. That, again, on the North-South Connection. Subscribe today. You'll find me on social media. I am at Psych68CYKE68 on Twitter. Drop me a line if you would like. Nailed it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you did very well plugging the Jenny position, and I appreciate that. Tried to save save some work for you. I appreciate you. Um, Hopefully a new episode of Geek and Sassy coming soon. Um, That will be wild. Don't worry. Um, and uh, there's a new episode of We Heard About Pluto coming that ties into your 90210. Um, mm. The the reboot or I don't know what mm-hmm. you call it. Sequel, maybe? Sequel. Anyway, uh, me and Johnny C watched some of that, so that's coming as well. And New Freak Out Drive-In with the one and only Nate Milton uh, where we watched Blade. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great time. So check those out. Find me on Twitter uh, at Jenny Position and on my Facebook page. And thanks for listening. And thank you, Jacob, 
for coming on Talk Pop. Thank you guys. I'm glad to be um, in the pantheon of the uh, the excellent list of guests you guys have before. It has been an honor. Thank you for being a friend. Now if you lose your one and only There's always room here for the lonely Go watch your broken dreams Dancing and out of the beams of a neon moon I think the two young lovers Are running wild and free I close my eyes And sometimes see This no telling how many tears I've sat here and cried Or how many lies that I've lied Telling my poor heart She'll come back someday Oh, but I'll be alright As long as there's light from a neon moon sad song seem to say what I think and it's heard inside of me ain't never gonna end 